Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now. for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure... Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And, of course, they have Junior Bergen T-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at uh, ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. Gus, the first meal I had outside my own home following the quarantine was at your house. Brought over a bunch of meat. I brought over my Alpine Touch, but I didn't bring it home. I forgot it at your place. Our first meal was made better, as every meal is made better by Alpine Touch on basically everything. I put Alpine Touch hickory smoke on my cereal in the morning. <laughs> It's, it's reached that level of usage. And the fact that you left it, I knew that you left it at my house. You brought it over, left it at my house. And like a real jerk, I said nothing to you because I was like, well, that's mine, dude. That's it. You came to my house. You left it in my house. And I'm eating all of it. We've gotten so far into this Alpine Touch obsession, I think, that I just think we might be able to host a podcast about all the things that you can make with Alpine Touch. It would be short. Everything. (laughs) They have a bunch of different varieties of spices, as we know. Uh, They are local from the state of Montana. Shoto, shout out, original Alpine Touch. And it's great when it's not just local, when it's not just supporting the state of Montana, but when it's also actually the best thing that you can get. I mean, when it comes to spices, uh, it's second to none. So, boys and girls, use your Alpine Touch. Colter, tell them where they can get it. AlpineTouch.com, no matter where you're at in the entire world listening to this, if you are in the United States of America and you make an order of over $50, which, you know, if you get yourself the Grand Slam and maybe some barbecue sauce, some sunflower seeds, you're there. Free shipping anywhere in the United States of America right now. Uh, so go to AlpineTouch.com. They're rolling out all their summer Big Mountain flavor packages. The sunflower shoots are really, really good as well. Alpine Touch has got you covered. Alpine Touch, Montana's special spice. It's 4 o'clock. Welcome to Tutel and Nuanes, Montana's only statewide sports talk show. Broadcast on 102.9 ESPN Radio for Western Montana and across the state on SWX Television. I like football! Sports talk from Montana for Montana. Live from the Kurtz Polaris studio, here is Ryan Tutel and Coulter Nuanez. Hello, Montana. Who's hurt? Who's helped by a football free fall? 
And are the Blazers really going to do this? It is to tell New Orleans, 102.9 ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television. Outstanding to be with you on this very fine Wednesday afternoon. Hope you are having a wonderful day. Thanks for spending some time with us on your radios across western Montana and on your television sets across the state. We are happy to be with you. Thanks for letting us ride along with you wherever you are. If you would like to listen to this show live, you can do so on the World Wide Web, 1029ESPN.com. You go there all the time. You check out the stream. The stream is available anytime you would like to listen to it, and you can listen live to whatever's going on on the station that way, 1029ESPN.com. You listen live on the stream all the time. The stream available thanks to Opportunity Bank of Montana. Opportunity Bank, your local bank, your opportunity. If you want to pick up your phone and call us, you can do that as well. 361-3688. 361-3688 is the phone number. All guests join us via the Rankage Brothers RV phone line. You can also text in that phone line as well, 361-3688. And, uh, you know, Get in touch with us. Give us your feedback. Give us your thoughts and all that. Let's take a look at what we have in the show today. First of all, we're going to talk a little bit of Cat Grizz football. What are we missing right now, which would have been fall camp, and what do we think is the best thing? What's best for these two teams that they're not playing in the fall? Do we have? Are there any silver linings in that respect in terms of preparation, health, and uh, just overall improvement in general? Also, we, it is a Wednesday, boys and girls. So we're going to give you some wings today to the Desperado Sports Tavern. Absolutely, we are. Coulter and I enjoyed some such wings like that yesterday. And the only thing is when you eat it, you just leave you wanting more. Well, we're going to give them to you today. We got some, uh, I got some NBA and NFL questions for you. Coulter's got some stuff for you as well. So we'll get to that. And we will get to the NBA where the Portland Trailblazers defeated the Los Angeles Lakers 100 to 93 last night and uh, this is the upset a lot of people have been sort of pointing to regionally I don't think nationally other than Charles Barkley who brought out the broom now that seemed a little early last night Chuck to bring out the broom but uh, we will uh, get into the NBA playoffs what we saw what we expect and maybe why again the matchup is helping Portland more than it's hurting Portland. So there you go. Hi, Colter. You want to do a radio show today? What's going on over there? Take your time. Take your you can take your headset off there. Oh boy, this is fun. Hi. Nice jersey. I got my ESPN hockey jersey. Do you know on. the origin of that? You you brought this to me. I did. I that's the only origin of that that I'm aware of. Uh, our good friend, friend of the show. Uh Admired, aspiring patriarch Tim Doherty, yes, hockey enthusiast, also perhaps the biggest trailhead I know. Uh, he gave that to me. Well, he Tim, said he said it's exactly your guys' colors. I've had it for years and years, and uh, you know, we are. The, you gave this to me. It's been sitting in my drawer in the thing, and I said, you know what? Hockey playoffs. I watched a bunch of hockey last night. Was loving it. The Washington Capitals staying alive. Can't believe they were down three nothing. They're now down three one. But uh, it is hockey season, and I said, let me wear a hockey jersey on the show today. Not just a hockey jersey, though, an ESPN hockey jersey, of all things, for the people at home. Just to give them a little something. You know what I mean? Just a little. Just to make them them a little little nibble. you want to tell them about the book of basketball, Bill Simmons? The uh, the book of the day here is the book of basketball. Yes. This is the NBA according to the sports guy, Bill Simmons, which is his former moniker. Here, here's First of all, I'll give you my thoughts on Bill Simmons in general. Bill Simmons is absolutely an idol of mine. I've modeled... Um, you don't say. I've modeled much of what I've done in media in terms of going independent and 
uh, trying to make money in an unorthodox fashion and covering things from a different angle. Uh, all that said, I think Bill Simmons is so annoying. And <laughs> when I listen to him, I, more than half the time I'm like, huh. I don't know about you, but I think he's a brilliant guy in terms of his creativity and the way he's the ideas he's built. I don't necessarily love his takes, but I do love his podcast. I think he's a phenomenal interviewer, and I think that uh, he's got great acumen. But this book, he wrote this book in 2010. Mm-hmm. It's about 10 years old. It's fascinating because a lot of it is now outdated. For example, in this book, LeBron James has not yet won an NBA championship. He's not yet left Cleveland in uh, unsanctimonious way. He's yeah. not yet became a villain. He's not yet became the hero who returns and leads the once more urban franchise to the promised land. So in this book, the part of this book is all the what-ifs of the NBA. Part of it is the Pantheon. It's Bill Simmons is top 93 players of all time, different tiers of the Pantheon, leading up to the top tier, which is the top 12 players of all time. LeBron James is not in the top tier. He would be now, certainly. Of course. But a lot of this, these guys have... Well, uh, that's, that's, I mean, that's what it is. The NBA is an even younger league than the NFL as such. Obviously, the ABA goes back, but uh, so 10 years is a long time. The first time I ever heard of Bill Simmons... He was signing that very book across the street from where I worked in Seattle, Washington. And uh, he had a big book signing. There was people lined up to go in and uh, get his, uh, what are they? I know it's called a signature, but uh, they, 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 there's a particular word for it where they, you know, it makes it a unique copy because it's the only one that's got that specific, uh, you know, signature in it. Well, this is a good book to lead into our NBA segment at the top of the following hour mm-hmm. because... Yeah, you made an assertion or asked a good question yesterday. Be the first one. About if this year's NBA playoffs being in the bubble, was it all tainted? Or uh, or just what the validity of it all is? Is it an anomaly? Is it an anomalous If, if the playoffs? results go different than what a lot of people expect... Does that is that going to be are people going to say that well this is because of the anomaly of the bubble and that it's not you know it's not delivering us a true champion or something? And like a good that. portion of this book is all about the what ifs in the NBA, and I think that the NBA is the what if league because injuries can be so impactful they can have such a huge ramification, and so it's my thought that almost every NBA championship. If you delved into what happened throughout the regular season and into the playoffs, you could find a what if in every single one that's impacted the rise of so many, the legends of so many different guys. Um, we've been in the studio now for about uh, four or five months, and uh, it has all of a sudden, the last couple of days, taken a significant turn to the better. No cords on the ground. We got vacuum floor. We got speakers working again. We got full big screen TVs in here. Hello, Tommy. The word is autograph. It's an autograph. I understand. It goes on a book. It's an autograph. I'm just saying. There's another word. I'll think of it later about what it does to the book. I know that it is an autograph. It's a signature, but it. it sort of singularizes the volume, and there's a word for it, and oh. I can't come up with it. All right, I thought it was autograph. I'm glad you're here. I have a question here for I you. Am. What's up? Uh, the last time I was in the studio, I had but one keyboard. I now have two with two mice in front of me, and this feels like a disaster in the waiting for me as I bang around like a chimpanzee <laughs> trying to figure out where the A button is on these things. 
are is this all plugged in and do I need to know how it works? Because I'm sitting here in the pilot seat and I think that I'm going to crash this plane. Yeah, no, that's okay. That's part of the beauty of the show. Okay. Is that it's never really off the ground. Um, <laughs> but it's always off the rails. But it's, <laughs> <laughs> hey. uh, yeah, no kidding. Um, it, we're trying to figure out some software to you know make you have less stuff in front of you. Boy, I'm good at the English today, but uh, that that's not permanent. It's just for testing and engineering purposes. Okay. So don't you stress yourself out there, Ryan. So, okay, that mouse doesn't work. Well, that, that works mouse for your audition work. system. Oh, okay, okay, great. So when you're doing interviews, whatever, phone, you know, phoners, you want to record, bam, you just bring up the audition software there. I love this on-the-fly training Twitter, I'm receiving right whatever now. whatever it is. Yeah, this is um, good. So that's it. All right, thanks. Have a nice show. Thank you, Tommy. Tommy hosts the uh, new show from 6 to 7 p.m. every Tuesday on the Trail 103.3. And while I'm on the air, he also helps me learn the English language and how to run this board. At Blackfoot Communications, we're experts at keeping your business technology up and running from networks and security to communications and 24-7 support. Our team works with you to understand your technology demands, then deploys the right solution for your unique needs. Whether your company is just starting out or is looking to take the next step, Blackfoot is here to help. Call 866-541-5000 or visit goblackfoot.com slash business. Blackfoot, connect to more. Coulter, let's talk a little football, can we? You know, let's do it. Um, we have we've <laughs> talked a lot about what we don't have and why we don't have it in the Big Sky Conference. Uh, we've talked to a lot of people. I think everyone, in fact, uh, about this in some way, form, or fashion. Uh, but you wanted to talk today about. First of all, what are we missing? Partly, what are we missing right now in terms of what would be going on in fall camp, and and you know what are the things that you would that that just aren't going on that normally we would be speaking about right now, but also just to compare and contrast Montana, Montana State, and this time off, how it's going to be used, and to what benefit, and is there maybe a team that is more benefited than the other, or? Maybe better said because it's always a, we always set this up in terms of well who's doing better than the other and there's you know there's reasons why that's the way it goes but it can also just be I think it's important to recognize what I don't even think is that big of a nuance I think it's pretty obvious but that these are two programs that do things in very different ways and so program A doing doing something some way and program B doing something some way does not mean necessitate that one is doing it better than the other. They may be doing it perfectly for who they are and what they're trying to accomplish. Even if it's very different, whatever, you know, whatever it is, is in the balance here that, you know, you give for an example, but in this time of having no football, no games in the fall, trying to prepare still for the the hope uh, and the possibility of a spring season, is there a team that is more benefited? So I'll let you start where you want to go if you want to start where we're at in the here and now in the fall, headed to the summer, headed into fall, or if you want to start with the other stuff, whatever you want. I'm going to start somewhere far outside that, oh, good. that box. I, you and I have both made a steadfast commitment to try to provide informative, entertaining sports content, hopefully filled with brevity, 
for <laughs> for people that for, for I mean, the fact of the matter is it's hard to have brevity in the situation that we've been to get, navigating yeah, the last five yeah, months. Yeah. But so we really going in a loop over and over again. But right. we we really tried to not make it about oh my god, what are we gonna do? Our lives suck. Somebody save me now. We've tried to not do that. Right. Really made a hard effort towards just presenting the information, giving leaves of optimism. And ch- chugging forward. I hope people have been entertained. I, I uh, think that we've really worked hard at that. But I think it's come across on this microphone, um, even if not directly, but it's definitely indirectly, the bitter taste I've had in my mouth over what has been revealed through this situation. It's not the Everybody keeps asking me around the community, which I appreciate. Thank you for asking what's going on with us. How the hell are you going to do a sports show when there's no sports? Well, have no fear. We will figure out a way to do a sports show no matter what's going on in the sports world forever. But the thing that's, and you and I have had personal conversations about it. We've talked about it on this show. Yep. The fact of the matter is that the, to me, the two ugliest parts of college athletics have been put under the most fierce spotlight that we've ever seen over the last five months. And the, it's not because of the pandemic. It's just the pandemic was the match that lit the fuse. Mm-hmm. And the two ugliest parts are the lack of control and the almost complete and utter irrelevance of the NCAA as a governing institution, perhaps that's a good thing because that's never what it's supposed to have been, but they've somehow treaded into that area in certain ways. I don't know why. It's supposed to be a member institution. They've had more, far more far-reaching control in certain elements than they should have probably ever had. But also, when it comes down to then making decisions it's a double-edged sword. Some they, they have given the leagues full autonomy, not taking any responsibility. That's a cop-out. But at the same time, it's the only decisions they ever could have made. The dragging of the feet has made the constant postponements completely and utterly excruciating. But the other part that I think has just been so revealing is we've seen different dominoes fall in the college sports world here and there, whether it was name, image, and likeness, the transfer portal, leniency of transfer rules, guys getting waivers. And now all of a sudden... College football as a whole is on fire. The, the line of communication between the presidents and the athletic directors is it, it's poor, to say the least. The continuity or lack thereof between the Power Five conferences doesn't exist. The fracturing between the Power Five, the Group of Five, and the FCS continues to grow. Jeff Choate said it on this show a couple weeks ago. He, he said... We cannot move forward in college football with the model that we exist right now. Why the hell do I have the same rules as Florida? It's not the same thing. It's not even the same sport. Right. Hopefully, the the, the optimism is that this will make things change. But it has it, it has pulled to the forefront all the things that we never wanted to truly accept. That power five football is not amateur football. That the exploitation of athletes is very real. And at the end of the day, money is the almighty, all-ruling God, for lack of a better word, of college football specifically, but college athletics in general. That's been disheartening. It's not as if we didn't know it. We weren't naive to it. It's just been really hard to watch, and you think about the kids. But I've been trying to, I've been really, really soul-searching. What are we going to do at Skyline Sports? You're so talented, and we have so much fun on this show that I fully believed that we, we, you and I could make it. 
But I'm sitting here thinking from a journalist's perspective, what the hell am I going to do? Yeah. We got to have news. Right. We got to have stuff to cover. I got a lot of creative ideas for feature stories, but how the hell are we supposed to write them? Where are we going to get to? Should so, I crash like a university van into a fence <laughs> so that there's just like something out there for you? Like, hey, you know, a traffic incident involving a Grizz football or something it, like that. And it's it's easy when you think, when when you realize that... So much of this really is all about money. It's easy to become bitter and lose sight of what it is that we love about it. And so I sat down last night and I penned a column for Skyline Sports. And I hope everybody goes to SkylineSportsMT.com and reads it because I tried to articulate what we've all been feeling. And I've been talking about this with you and mm-hmm. with other people in the college football world, with my brother, Brooks, who's my business partner, and, and you know, I mean, the, the the other half of the creative engine that helps Skyline Sports go. And I also was talking about it with my mother, because I think my mother has a very distinct view on college football. When my brother and I started playing football, which I didn't start playing football until seventh grade, and that was the first time anybody from our family played any of my cousins sport, or anything had yeah. played any sort of football. My mom had no idea. She thought it was the dumbest thing she's ever seen. We bought her football for dummies when I was going into my freshman year of high school. But then as it evolves, I mean, when you're completely and utterly inundated in it, and then all of a sudden, you know, both your sons are three-year varsity players, and then all of a sudden your younger son's playing for the Grizz, you get pretty into it. And then all of a sudden, you know, my childhood best friends, Jason Ty Palmer, they ended up playing for the Grizz, and so then my parents were all about it. They loved it. But... My mom has such an interesting view because she views it from such a different lens than so many Montana people. They love the passion, the pageantry. So many college football fans love the passion and the pageantry. But I think we forget what it is associated with. The symbolism of college football combined with the opening of a college campus in a college town. There's really nothing that you can re- that can replicate it. Yes. The glory of watching the early September sunset at Bobcat Stadium during the Gold Rush game or you know the chills that go down your spine at high noon the first time you watch the Grizz run out of the tunnel. That's amazing. But it's the moments in time that are irreplaceable that we love. It doesn't matter how great you ever become. It doesn't matter if you go on to play in the NFL for nine years like Colt Anderson or Mike Person. You are never a 22-year-old kid from Montana who was a former walk-on at the school you dreamed of playing for your whole life, ever. You are Mm -hmm. never that again. Mm -hmm. And I think that we can talk about the bitter taste in our mouths for the institution that is college football, but I just want to express that the it's the bitterness is far outweighed to me for the collective heartbreak that I think we all share. The the best situation that we could possibly forge toward is that we get to see Sammy Akim play at Washington Grizzly Stadium again. That we get to see Troy Anderson play at Bobcat Stadium again. If we don't, man, that's going to be such a heartbreaking thing. But I think we have to remember that the thing that we love about it the most, it's not the bragging rights. It's not... The, even the pageantry or the thrills or the tailgates, it's the reminder that it's the singular moment in time that cannot be replaced. And there's very few entities where you get to observe something that is at the same time consistent and is always replicated, but also fleeting and will never happen again. Yeah, it's a good point. It's a really good point. Along the lines of the thing that I'm thinking, you know, what are, what are you missing right now? This week, in fact... With the return of students to campus, uh, this should be the week, next week especially, that I should be on the river in an inner tube, completely minding my own business, 
somewhere in the afternoon or the evening after the show, floating into Missoula, and there's a moment where you come around the corner and you've got nothing, no worry in the world, nothing's going on. And you know what you hear for the first time in eight months, nine months? The drum line. The marching band is out practicing somewhere on campus, and you you hear that my introduction to football season has been the marching band on the Clark Fork River for the last several years in a row, completely, by the way, accidentally. Like, I wasn't looking for it, but they're out there banging around. You can hear it in fully a quarter of the city geographically, you know, when they start, you know, hitting the drums and doing the deal. And you go, oh, my goodness. It's here. It's football season. Like they're playing. You got the you got the band going. The drums are going, and you get so happy you can hardly stand it. You know. And by the way, being on the river without a drum line is pretty great still. So there's a lot to be said for that in its own right. But that's the thing. That's one thing where I'm going. You know, like that's the stuff that you miss. At least that I miss. And you go, man. Okay. Really. Wow. This is, this is where we're at. And I don't know, the NFL carrying on as it appears that they're going to, who knows about the other three FBS conferences and, and, and whatever might happen. Um, but again, the uniqueness of what we have in the state of Montana uh, is none of that stuff covers for that, you know? And, and that's, it, it is. Like, I mean, everybody's, everybody's disappointed about it. Uh, it's like I wrote in this column, one of the most spectacular parts of living in Montana is the distinct and and utter energy shift you experience when the seasons change. We all endure winter together. We love many parts of it, but also when it's over, it's a rebirth. We all hold on to the fleeting end of summer, and when it's over, it's bittersweet, but it's a rebirth because we get to then observe our most promising and talented youth in this communal exercise that is football. And that's, I think, the part that is just wrecking me. We we have teased and talked, oh, man, we're going to get to play a lot of golf in September. And I do look forward to it because I love the Indian summers that exist in Montana. And I can't wait to play, you know, a, a mid-September round of golf. Like, I can't wait to play in the Montana Round Ball Club. But by the way, uh, Plug for the Montana Roundball Club. They're, put, they're putting on their fundraiser tournament at the Ranch Club on September 11th. Uh, you can go to the UM Roundball Club website to find out more details, or you can track down Anderson Clark, the uh, grad assistant for the uh, men's basketball team. He can give you more information. Uh, $800 for a team, so $200 per person. We're going to be playing, and it should be a fun afternoon. But I can't wait for that. But that doesn't replace the renewal, right? I mean, and that's what's so spectacular about Montana. When, when the fall ends, it's sad. But then the first snowflake falls and you're happy. Mm-hmm. When the winter ends, a lot of people are relieved. But then you have this wonderful spring into summer. It, 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 that's the best part is the constant renewal. And we don't have the the paired symbolism with young people returning to campus mm-hmm. in, the, in the fashion that we're used to. That's I know right. that it's move-in day today, yesterday and today. But it's not the same. When you have to sign up for a slot so you can move in and not be around people. I mean, that's the whole fun of move-in day, yeah. right? Is meeting every person you're ever going to know in the dorms and running yeah. into people and being clogged up on the stairs, not having any room to move. That's the best part. And the, the fact that they don't get to experience it, it's tough. I think your question's good, though, so let's get into that. I'll let you start with that part, then, because you're the one that posed the question. For the Bobcats and the Grizzlies, both coming off 
FCS playoff berth. The Grizz, 10 wins in a quarterfinal berth. The Bobcats, 11 wins in a semifinal berth. With the combination of where they're at as programs, what they've lost, what they return, and what their momentum is coming out of the offseason, the delay of the football season, at least until next spring, who does that help? Who does that hurt? So, I don't know. You know, when I say help and hurt, I don't mean it as such. I don't know that anybody's going to be better for having had this happen, okay? But I do think that there are some teams who have a chance where comparatively it will be better for them or perhaps to say less harmful to them than to other schools. Uh, I think Montana State has a chance to make more inroads at quarterback. Yes. Uh, I think that they have an opportunity to continue to the, the, the maturation process of quarterbacks that they have who have experience and to grow to some extent the to, to more familiar with and see the abilities of guys that they've brought in who they haven't seen play firsthand yet. Now, you can't see them play firsthand until you see them play firsthand, and that ain't happening. So the, the assessment process is not ideal in that respect. That said, I think that just about any anybody will tell you, most of the decision-making that happens for any position, but especially for quarterback, is made in practice. Not right. made based on what you do in a game per se. Sure. Uh, certainly there is, you got to can you actually do it when you're under fire? Can you make, can you go out there and do it? Because there's a lot of guys who are really good practice players that turn out to be only okay game day types of players. And by the way, the reverse is also true. Guys who, who just, they, they have it. They're gamers. They know when, it, when it's go time. But I think that that could help uh, Montana State in that respect. For guys that are injured, obviously Troy Anderson comes to mind. I'm still a little confused. He was going to redshirt this year, okay? Wasn't going to play this season. Now, if we have a season in the spring, presumably he would be physically able to do so. But also, at least according to what we heard Jeff Choate say, yeah. Like he was already redshirting and he's still redshirting, so he's redshirting. And and I, I mean, I don't, I don't. I don't know. This brings up an incredibly precarious situation for Montana State because if they were to play in the fall, say that we were having the season as we once expected and hoped for, I would have imagined that although Troy Anderson was going to quote unquote redshirt, that he would have found his way into some games down the stretch. Oh, you think? Do you think perhaps the last game of the regular season <laughs> may, have been, regular season may have been suited up for? Likely, it? if Montana State makes the playoffs, I think Troy Anderson's probably playing in some playoff games as well while still preserving that redshirt. I imagine that they're probably going to use him in a similar fashion like that in the spring, depending on full health, or maybe he's a full go. I'm not sure, but there's a couple different hypotheticals to analyze here. Say they just have the spring season. I think it's more likely than not that Troy Anderson will play the four games but not the full thing in hopes of being healthy for 2021. Now, if he does that, you have to remember, Troy Anderson is a 4.0 student. Troy Anderson, I am. I can't imagine. Will he has to be graduating in the spring? I mean, he's he's a perfect student. So then, if he plays four games, maintains his redshirt, then he has graduate transfer and free transfer period abilities. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to speculate it because it's my personal opinion. Everybody always asks me: Is Troy Anderson transferring somewhere? Is he transferring to Oregon State? Is he going to Stanford? I think he loves the Bobcats, man. He does. I really think he's he's a small town ranch kid. He just loves being a Bozeman. I think he loves it, but. 
it makes it a viable option, and it's going to open some doors, and his phone's going to be ringing. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, but then on the other hand, maybe he does play the spring season, or maybe he plays just a part of the spring season and then goes to the NFL. I don't know. There's a lot of different scenarios right. here. I fully expect him to be so dedicated to their team goals and to, let's be honest, it would help him as an individual the most to to not play until next fall full tilt. Yeah. Because then he could be fully healthy and he could rip the doors off of, of everything. But, um, so, you know, those those are the thoughts. So it's not so much about a, a, a team and, you know, a way that a team is going to be, you know, put together. I will say this, uh, for Montana... For both Montana and Montana State, they have very different team mentalities as it as it pertains to this, to COVID, to not playing in the fall. And I think both are pretty beneficial and are both of the right way to go about it for each program. Montana State and Jeff Choate as as sort of the the the, the mouthpiece, you know, obviously as the head coach of that. Like it is what it is. We went out and had fun. We can't control this. We're going to take our time and go through the fall and kind of see what it feels like to not really have fall football. And we're, you know, we're, we're a a player run program and our guys, you know, are going to take care of one another and do the thing. And and we're going to try and see the silver lining in all this. And, and when, you know, whenever we can get back together, we'll get back together. The university of Montana, I mean, Sammy Akem, to me, was the was the one who came out and you just felt the fire, yeah, right? right? Where he goes, nobody's happy about this. We're not happy about this. We're exceedingly unhappy about this. But you know what? You tell us where, you tell us when, and we will be there, and we will blow your doors off. I mean, he didn't say that exactly, but it was it was alluding to that. I think that's an unbelievable mentality for something like this. To say, like, you can hold us back until you can't anymore, but when it's time to go, we don't care when. We don't care if it's February the 15th in the middle of a snowstorm. We don't care if it's, you know, whatever. Middle of the middle of the summer, we will be there, and we will be ready to rock. And, and you could feel, again, the building that has been happening, and I think that this offseason coming out of – the Cat Grizz game and the very disappointing quarterfinal loss, good as the season was for Montana last year, that that this was an offseason of great stride making for the University of Montana football team. Now, I don't know if that – certainly all that work doesn't go by the wayside, but can you continue to build on that when you're in this completely nebulous, unknown air? arena I don't know but the mentality that that football team seems to have certainly that Bobby Houck has instilled in them I think is a about as good as you can do for the circumstance that you're now in yeah that's that's the most fascinating part about the dynamic is that because of Jeff Choate's personality as well as the program he inherited and the way that he has continued to emphasize certain elements of that program yeah us against the world People don't know what we got. We're lunch pail, blue collar, hardworking guys. We don't need all conference accolades. And what's been the narrative going coming out of the preseason and the postseason? All Big Sky last three years. Nobody respects the Bobcats. We, we're we are the team that won all these games, but we got no first team All League players. I mean, even this year, coming off an eleven win year, Final Four season, they 
still only had the one guy on the preseason All Big Sky mm-hmm. team. You know, I mean, they can't get Mac Bignell and Bryce Sturck on the first team. How? Like, you know, but but also Jeff Cho uses that as fuel for fire. Still, no one respects us. Still, no one respects us. You know, we practice at 6.30 in the morning in March. We don't even get a practice half the time. Half the time, the field's not even plowed. We don't care. We do it. We're tough. Right. So tough, the tough circumstances, he chooses those often, but spins it to the players, and they embrace them together. So going through another tough circumstance... I don't think it's going to be that mentally trying for them because it's just kind of status quo. Mm-hmm. Because of that, I think that means they're primed to be able to navigate these next several months and be uh, and come out on the other side probably exactly where they would have been. Two tone. Oh, go ahead. On the Grizz side of things, the internal fury. Wait until we unleash ourselves upon you. Right. The more you have to wait, the more the angst builds. I think it also is good for the Grizzlies because it's a completely different dynamic. It's not about enduring the adversity. It's about we haven't lived up to what we believe we can be, but you just wait till you see us next. Yeah. And I think that's why it's such an interesting dynamic. I, I actually think that both teams, if approached correctly, which I do believe that both these head coaches are so elite in that element of the game, the mental element of the game, that I think both of them uh, stand to uh, not miss a step uh, over the next – if it's – Three months, six months, nine months, or a year, I think that neither one of them will miss a step. It's 2 tell me one is 1029 ESPN Radio. Quick update, uh, NBA playoffs happening right now. Just gone final. The Utah Jazz have even their series with the Denver Nuggets at a game apiece with a 124-105 win over Denver. Meanwhile, Toronto has taken a two-games-to-none lead over Brooklyn, 104-99, a five-point victory for the Raptors there. Coming up next... Philadelphia, Boston, and then for you here on ESPN Radio at 7 o'clock to tip off the uh, Dallas Mavericks and Los Angeles Clippers game two of that series with the return of Kristaps Porzingis. We'll see uh, what that does uh, for the Dallas Mavericks there. It is time for a wing at Wednesday, so give us a call. 361-3688, 361-3688, Wings to the Desperado Sports Tavern on the line. Get a shirt in there as well if you're very good. I got an NFL question and a couple NBA questions for you. Coulter's your lifeline, which means you're certainly going to win. So you want to get some wings, you want to answer some questions, you want to have a little fun today on a Wednesday afternoon, 361-3688, 361-3688. Call right now, we'll do a wing at Wednesday right after this. Coulter, during this time where we got to be a little bit socially distanced, it's nice to know we can get out on the links and play a little bit of golf. And nobody better than Western Birch to get your round started right. That's right. Golf's been definitely one of my favorite pastimes during quarantine times. And it's recently landed my new Western Birch customized golf tees. Go check out Western Birch golf tees at westernbirch.com. These classy golf tees are made of 100% white birch hardwood and printed with high quality color right here in the United States. A company founded right here in Montana. These durable wood golf tees, perfect way for you to market your business. Just think, anytime you break a tee, your brand is sitting on the tee box forever. You can hand them out to your clients, your buddies, your golf partners, whoever. Great way to earn top-of-mind awareness while also playing a sport we all love. Again, you can check out all the cool designs online at westernbirch.com. Add your logo on a 1,000 of any of their tees for $150 delivered to your door. Give them to clients, friends. Watch them get impressed by the quality of the look of a simple golf tee and by your creativity. Give Western Birch the opportunity to show you what they are talking about. Email and ask for Chad at info 
at westernbirch.com, info at westernbirch.com, or follow on Instagram and Facebook, westernbirch.com. Desperado, give us a call. 361-3688. 361-3688. Get the wings. Best wings in the city of Missoula for crying out loud. We'll uh, have a little fun with you right after this. 361-3688. Sutel Nuanas, 1029 ESPN Radio. SWX Montana Television. Great to be with you here on a Wednesday afternoon. Uh, by the way, worth noting on the uh, Flathead County uh, side of this thing, no uh, uh, traveling or road fans, uh, oppositions fans, is, will be allowed to go to those games. So only home fans will be allowed to the Flathead County games unless they're hosting a team from Flathead County, if that makes sense, which I think what all that means is Kalispell versus Flathead, right? I mean, is there that's it, right? Is there anybody well, else? I mean, there might be some non-conference. You want to do a Class about, A deal I don't know or about something? like in football, but certainly in the other sports that, I mean, like a cross-country meet, for example, you could have Whitefish and Big Fork and Flathead and Kalispell, and, you know, there, there's a variety of high schools. Sure, but Columbia I mean, Falls. I, the, the, I think it was only for football, soccer, and volleyball, so team v. team sports. So maybe you got maybe you got a situation or a scenario where you might have uh, I don't know Hot Springs. I mean, Hot Springs is a Class C. They eat, but they are they in Flathead County. They're cl- they might be in Flathead mm, County, but probably pretty close. They're not going to play, right? Though Hot Springs ain't playing Kalispell in anything. No. So all I'm thinking about is like cross country stuff like that. But I think you're right. This is for spectator. Well, I shouldn't say spectator sports. This is for like stadium sports. Oh, right, right, right. So, all right. Uh, okay, Reese. Do we do? We got somebody. You could just shake your head at me. Oh, okay. Are you trying to talk to me? Our producer, Reese, is trying to talk to me, and I hear nothing in my headphones, and he's pushing buttons madly back there. Don't worry, Reese. I got two keyboards in front of me. I don't know what to do, so it's okay. Uh, it's two telling new one is 1029 ESPN Radio. All right, Coulter, here you go. You ready? Yep. Are we doing these? The NBA okay. seating okay. began. Now, don't look at your sheet now. Okay. I mean, it doesn't matter. The I mean, answers aren't on there, that's right? That's true. I'm, trying to, I'm a better. I'm re- better at reading. I know. That's why I want it. To, I want it to be harder for you. Just listen. <laughs> okay. Okay. Seating in <laughs> NBA teams for playoffs started in the '83-'84 season. Okay. So thirty whatever six years ago, has there ever been a playoffs where the top seeds both lost their first game? They lost to the eight seed in the first round. Their first game, the first round. Has that ever happened before? Because it has happened this season. The Blazers beat the Lakers, and the Orlando Magic beat the Milwaukee Bucks uh, in their first-round matchup. Has it ever happened before, yes or no? Yes, it has. It happened in um, it happened in 2003. Right? Now, 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 just hold on a second, because I'm sitting here looking at you, and you don't appear to have cheated. I didn't cheat. I was, I'm just trying to amaze you by the, by the fact that I remembered that. You from, are amazing. From last night's broadcast, because they said in 2003, and I will say this, I heard it last night. I didn't know that stat until they said it last night. And I didn't even I, know that And then I looked it up last night. Uh, I believe that the San Antonio Spurs and the Detroit Pistons each lost their first game, but they didn't lose that series. In fact, they went on to play each other in the NBA Finals, right? Everything you said up until your very last point was all accurate. It was the Spurs and it was the Detroit Pistons. Uh-huh. 
the Spur- they both won their first and second round series. Uh, the Pistons were swept in the Eastern Conference Finals. By the Nets? I don't know who it was. Hmm. And the Spurs went on to win the whole game. They went on to win the whole thing. Yep. Who did the Spurs beat that year? Whoever beat the Pistons. Ah, I, believe 04? I believe it was the Nets. I mean, who would it? Could have been the Nets. No. Didn't the Nets lose to the Lakers? Um, let's see. I'll, I'll tell you here. Man, what a non-compelling fi- finals, the Spurs and the Nets. See, I completely and utterly disagree. Nah. I think that uh, there were, th- there's always been, I should say always, there's been this this narrative in the league for the last, oh, I don't know, probably the last 18 to 20 years. Yeah. And basically, it's been the narrative in the league since the Nets won the East, that the East sucks. It's been overblown. The narrative's been overblown. No, it has been overblown. I don't. I, Those Nets I don't teams, think so. the, the, the the East, the East has not been as deep. It hasn't sucked though. Let's put it like this: the West has been phenomenal, and the East always has a good team or two. I mean, the 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 Raptors just won the NBA Finals, so okay. All right, here you go. The New Jersey Nets beat the, the swept to the Detroit Pistons and then lost to the. Uh, San Antonio Spurs. The first game of the NFL season is mm-hmm. September 10th. Who's mm-hmm. playing in it? Oh, man, I have no idea. Okay, here you go. Here's your clue. It's a rematch of an AFC playoff game. Mm. Now, what Texans-Chiefs? It is the Texans and the Chiefs. It's always going to be the Super Bowl winner, right, generally? Yeah. So yeah. it's the whole, in Kansas City, the Chiefs are hosting. I mean... That's a game I watched, I think, two times additionally to watching <laughs> it in real time. You would. I mean, it was... it. it when the Texans were up 24 nothing. you thought to yourself, there's no way Kansas City doesn't win this football game. I've never felt that way about a game like that before. It's just, it was just bizarre, because once they found their footing, it was all over but the shouting. And they blew them away. All right, uh, last one for you. The N- NFL.com has just put out its fall camp power rankings. Okay. Okay. So this is just according to, you know, the website. Give me three of the top five, or if you want to take a shot, all five of the top five power uh, uh, NFL teams in the league based on the power rankings from NFL.com that came out today. Chiefs. One. 49ers. Two. Ravens. Three. New Orleans Saints. Four. Packers. Nope. Patriots. Packers are eight. Patriots are not even in the top ten. What? Patriots are in the top ten? Nope. Oh boy. The five is five is a wild card, I must tell you. Um You're gonna hate it. I'm gonna hate it. Yeah, you're gonna hate it. Uh Patriots are fifteen. That's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> They're all opting out, dude. Tanking for what's his name? Did they? Well, okay, I guess that's part of it. That's actually true. Tanking for Trevor Lawrence. It's the Tennessee Titans. Yuck. So I told you. I'm hate it. Uh, Bills six, Cowboys seven, Green Bay Packers eight, Seattle Seahawks up four spots to number nine, and Minnesota. The Indianapolis Colts rounding out the top 10. Your Vikings are 11. Well, the Vikings are better than the Titans and the Colts. Certainly. Ooh. They are. No. Yes, they are. No. How? What do you mean? What do you mean how? They have better players. And, and, and 
in the case of those two teams, better quarterbacks. You think that you think Cousins is better than Tannehill? You have absolutely. Oh wow! Listen to this guy. Wow, how many guys do I actually think Cousins is better than? None. That's well, why I, I said that. I That's why I'm better, shocked. I think he's better than Tannehill, and I think he's better than uh, Philip Rivers, old, Phillip old man Dan. Rivers. Yeah. It's two tell Nuanas, ESPN Radio. Come get some, Randy. Your boy Philip stinks now. At Blackfoot Communications, we're experts at keeping your business technology up and running. From networks and security to communications and 24-7 support, our team works with you to understand your technology demands, then deploys the right solution for your unique needs. Whether your company is just starting out or is looking to take the next step, Blackfoot is here to help. Call 866-541-5000 or visit goblackfoot.com slash business. Blackfoot, connect to more. Tell New Orleans, 1029 ESPN Radio. Now, we should get more ACDC on some of the rejoins. If you know Only if it's Bon Scott, ACDC. Yes. Okay. Uh, if you would uh, like to follow along on Twitter, you got great sports takes, bad music takes. At Gus Tutel at 1029 ESPN. At Skyline Sports MT. Those are your relevant handles. You can follow along there. It is time for our prep extra segment. It's brought to us by the Farmer State Bank. Farmer State Bank, your Montana bank since 1907. Uh, we just wanted to cover this once again in a little bit more detail. Uh, but the MHSA uh, itself... It does not look like has restricted uh, fans to high school and middle school sporting events. That said, counties have done so, most specifically or most notably Yellowstone County, not allowing any fans to uh, any of the team sporting events this fall. That includes football, soccer, and volleyball. And when I say at this time, now, all of this is a fluid situation in relationship to what the county and or uh, state government, you know, deems viable as we go. So this stuff could change even before the season begins. We're still a month away from the start of the season uh, as it's been pushed back a couple of weeks in football at least. So this, you know, this is as of today and there's no games today. So we'll see what happens on the days that there actually are games. But for right now, Yellowstone County, no uh, uh, fans going to be at those games in Flathead County. Only fans for home teams, and only two tickets per player or coach uh, may attend. So you'll find out real fast if you're a favorite sibling in a big family. You know what I mean? <laughs> if you get one of those babies, you're uh, you can oh, go. Man. But uh, two tickets per per player uh, and coach for all of those sports. Uh, and no visiting fans unless, again, it's a Flathead County team that's going to play. And here, so then, you know, when Flathead plays Kalispell, for instance, then the opposing team, um, you know, the, the traveling team, as it were, will also have a two-ticket-per-player um, option availability there. In terms of Gallatin County, yes. they meet the Gallatin County Health Department and the uh, – Gallatin Valley School Board, they meet next Tuesday to finalize their plans. And as we've talked to people around Missoula County, those conversations are ongoing as well. Yeah. 
here's where this thing is going to get all haywire. Let's hear it. What the MHSA says has nothing to do with what each individual county health department says, which also has nothing to do with what each individual school board and or just high school in general. Like the NCAA and the conferences and the schools. Exactly. And so I just don't know how you get on the same page. But I, I just, I don't know. I have, you have to be on the same page? Uh, well, I, I have so many questions about the enforcement of this. If the county, Yellowstone County has these rules, but the school makes a different rule, or people just want to straight break the rule, how do you enforce it? Because enforcing these mandates at places like bars and restaurants, places that have business licenses, okay, there's a way to do it because the county health department can suspend and or revoke your business license, your liquor license, your your restaurant clearance, all those sorts of things. They can ding you where you have to pay fines or where you can get partially shut down or where you can get fully shut down. They do have, legal is the wrong word, but they do have clout in terms of uh, enacting consequences. What consequence can the health department levy on citizens who want to attend a sporting event and or a high school that wants to sponsor one? I'm not encouraging people to revolt against the health department. I just don't know how you enforce it. Well, here's the thing, man. Like, we always talk about things like enforcing it. If there's no way to do it, then what's the rule and so forth? But also, at some point, you just have to trust that people are going to do the thing that they should do, particularly when you talk about the school. Like, I think this would fall to the school. Like, hey, guess what? The gates are locked. Guess what? Nobody's coming in here. And, you know, because the superintendent and the principal and, you know, the athletic director of these schools, you know, are ensuring that nobody's there. Now, if people want to go stand around the fence line, which undoubtedly they will want to do, uh, you know, in Yellowstone County or whatever. Yeah, there's no enforcement of that. And as far as I'm aware, there's no restriction on doing that. Like you're you're basically welcome to do that within, you know, the scope of what you think is is safe to do. Um, But. You know, I I think we need to give people a little bit of credit that they aren't just going to, like, overrun it just because they can. Uh, I agree. You you do got to (laughs) give... That was, that was very outside of what your actual ideals usually are, Gus. Empowering the people rather than mandating them via the state is... uh, What in the world?! I agree, though. You, you you should give people... What an outlandish you, you should you should, you should give people the, the freedom of choice and hope that they do good. I agree. But it's just not the idea. That's, that's just idealistic to think that that's going to happen. The very first thing I thought when I thought of this was... I mean, and this is a stereotypical thing to say, but... Anybody that's ever played sports in Yellowstone County, there's a lot of real passionate fans, a lot of real passionate dads, especially when it comes to football. And I just think it's going to get really weird when you're trying to pick and choose which dads and uncles and cousins can go to the high school football game. Well, as of now, none of them. In right, and that's County. what I mean. And so, I mean, you know, your son's a senior. You can't blame that dad. He wants to go watch his kids. So I, 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 I just think that although it, it would be nice to presume that maybe we all follow the rules, especially during these crazy times, I, I just, I'm just interested to see how what, what the plan of action is to, to enforce is the wrong word, but just regulate this because it, there's going to be people that go against this mandate. Well, what you're, what, if everything is locked up and closed off, yep. other than the teams going in, what you're talking about is people like physically climbing fences to go in. 
I mean, that's what that's that's what you're that's what you're saying. And well, maybe. So, well, no, there's a lot of different ways to do it though. Because if you find administrators that maybe don't want to obey the rules, again, if there's no repercussions, why wouldn't you bend the rules? Well, again, I mean, the idea I think is that the schools need to be on the same page as the as the health department. I, I agree. Need to be and will be is a completely different story. Well, though. I'm I'm more. I mean, what happens when there's you. the the administrator that agrees with the parent, and then all of a sudden there's a trap door you can get into to stand next to the. Field. I, I I know I'm implying a bunch of uh, unsavory behavior, but it's just the way that it's gonna go. No, it's not. Really, you think yeah. it's just gonna go perfectly without a hitch? Yeah, I mean, we're I gonna be in a month from now. We're gonna be talking about some sort of conflict that arises from people not being able to go to high school sporting events. You just watch. No, I think I am sure there's gonna be letters that are written and signed. I'm sure there's gonna be, you know, some. I'm not saying there's not gonna be any pushback or blowback or you know people being upset, but like all of a sudden, like people just go, "Well, I'm going. I don't care." That, I mean, I don't think that's going to happen. I got a question for you. I know we're delving into um, legislation and laws and mandates and politics and a bunch of things that neither one of us are, are experts on, certainly. I'm experts on all. But, but I, have a, I have an interesting question for you. This is one that my roommate posed to me last night. Okay. Um, as we know right now, the Missoula County and Boz- and Gallatin County are the two uh, places where the health departments are having the, the, the most strict in terms of the, the enforcements of the mandates. We have a statewide mask mandate that seems to be going fairly well in terms of everybody obeying the rules. Uh, I haven't heard really of anybody having major conflicts or anything like that when it comes to that. So that's a good thing. It's, it's progress in, in terms of at least agreeing on something. Regardless of what you think of the actual mandate, at least by and large people are obeying and, and coming together over something. And is it enforceable? That's a good question. So so here's here's, so here's what I'm saying. Well, here's, where, them here, here's where it is enforceable via the... Um, Two circumstances where it's enforceable. A, a business is a private entity, so they can refuse your business if you don't follow because they have followed the mandate because they don't want a fine from the health department. So there's one area of enforcement. The other thing is it, you cannot get – you cannot – there's no crime in not wearing a mask. But being insubordinate to a peace officer is a crime – if that peace officer so deems you're being insubordinate to them. My question the for... The first instance, the next instance will be the first instance. The, the, my question for you, though, is this, is there's one school that I think is the biggest anomaly that we will see in this upcoming high school football season. That's Missoula Loyola. Because Loyola is a Class B school in the heart of the second largest city in Montana, in the heart of the city with the, the strictest health department regulations currently, but that plays in Class B against all the teams in Loyola's conference have the least stringent of the health department. So how do, first of all, it's twofold. What what is it like when Loyola leaves town and then comes back? Is there any sort of regulations that go into that? I'm not sure. I don't think the health department's going to go into regulating Class B football in terms of leaving the county and returning, but also Loyola is private. And Missoula County Public Stadium is on public land, paid for by tax dollars, and it's a it's owned by the county. Mm-hmm. That's where all the AA high Missoula schools play. Public County Stadium. Yeah. Rollins Field is private land on a private campus, mm-hmm. owned by a private school. Mm-hmm. So can Loyola make their own rules? That's that's a question I had. I, I thought it was a good question that my roommate posed. Well, Loyola can make their own rules outside of the MHSA, right? Or did I get that right? MHSA and MCPS right. and PCS. I don't know. I what about, what about the scope of the county? Absolutely not. Right. 
So they are still subject to the county regulations, just like you are in your own home. I mean, you're not supposed to have 50 people to your house, sure. right? Okay. That's good. That's good clarification. One more question. You can you can get out of Missoula County pretty darn quick if you head south, yeah. where there's a variety of high school football fields. Yeah. Just like you can get out of Yellowstone County pretty quick if you head south, southeast, and there's places like Forsyth and Shepherd and Huntley Project, and you know all the way down onto Hardin. I don't know how that goes because that's then you're getting into reservation land, but. If the regulations are uh, non-efficient for the Class AA high schools in, say, Missoula to operate, is there any chance that that they just take games 20 miles south to Florence, 50 miles south to Hamilton? I mean, maybe. Um, I mean, first of all, I I think they only go to that if 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 the counties say you can't actually play the game here. Right. I don't think they'll do that based on the fan attendance piece. Sure, 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 sure. So, uh, but if, I, you, if, if you're going to play games in front of no fans, either way. But right now, as as you were saying from the some of the assistants you talked to, right now it's 20 people on the field from mm-hmm, each side. Mm-hmm. That's so few people yes, for a football is. game. I don't. Right. I really, really don't know how you do it. Well, so I mean, but, so could, could you get? But what if you what if you could take your full squad and go play in Hamilton? Yeah, I mean, it would be it would be an interesting conversation to have. Um, you know, that, that whether it would be, you know, worth it to both teams to be able to do it. I mean, I guess it would be in the court of, say, in this case, one of the Missoula schools. Missoula Big Sky says, no, 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 we, we need, we got to have all our guys ready to go. We need to go play somewhere else. What field is Florence playing a road game that we could use the Florence field, Steve, I, whatever it might be. It's an open conversation I think is less likely than more than that would ha- that that would happen though. It's two telling nuanas 1029 ESPN radio. It's our prep extra segment. It's brought to us by the Farmer State Bank. Farmer State Bank, your Montana bank since 1907. Hour number one in the books, hour two straight ahead. The NBA is rolling. The Blazers, well, they're a quarter of the way there. Next. It's finally starting to feel like winter around here, and if you need some nice winter gear, how about the fine folks at Sitka? They make awesome winter clothes, and they sell custom Bobcat Sitka gear at the MSU Bookstore. You can shop online anytime at msubookstore.org, or, of course, you can check out the MSU Bookstore live and in person there on the Montana State campus. They also have some graduation regalia back in order there at the MSU Bookstore. They have an awesome American Indian Council selection as well. Visit on campus anytime you need blue and gold or visit online anytime, anywhere, msubookstore.org. MSU Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day located there on the Montana State campus.